Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, friends and foes alike. I am the West Virginia woman, Robin Holstein of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a good night's sleep at a fair rate plus breakfast. I've been keeping house since I was 17 years old, balancing the budget and paying the bills as an army wife on the salary of a PFC stationed at Fort Hood, Texas, and as a single mother of two back home in West Virginia. Things have changed a lot since then, but I haven't forgotten what it was like. This podcast looks at society and cultural issues affecting families in West Virginia and in the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go round the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. Let's see. I am working with a different microphone headset and I had some trouble getting it set up so hopefully this will work just fine. Well good evening kids. It's me again Margaret. Episode 12 post turkey day edition. Well, I guess if it's an episode, it's an addition. <laughs> okay, anyway. This is episode 12 in the Holstein House podcast. It's premiering on the Fountain Network. If you found me on Fountain, I hope you'll boost clip and share with all your friends and followers. If I bring you value, I hope you will give me value in return. And that can be anything. It's from a belly laugh to a big out loud eye roll to a groan to... Who knows what. Now, let's get on with this. <sighs> Has the stupid always been there and we didn't know? Or is it growing because we have 24-7 news? That's a question I posed to my dad the other day when he was here. Actually, it was Thanksgiving Day, but he came over early. Um, to have his blood work done, um, he actually had confused the days, which gives me some concern because not only was it Thanksgiving Day, it was Thursday, and when he came over, he said, is this not Friday? So the idea that Thanksgiving was happening seemed to not register. I don't know at what point to get worried. I missed a lot of signs with my mom because I thought what I was seeing with my own two eyes was not exactly what I was seeing. And I don't want to do that with dad. But then again, you, you see this and you think, oh, that can't be it. And <laughs> yeah, that might be it. But anyway, so we were talking about um, what was going on just in general in the news. And I said, dad, I just don't know. Has it always been this stupid and we just didn't know until we got 24-7 news coverage on the cable TV? Or is it growing because we now have 24-7 news coverage and big dummies want to get on the news? I don't know. He said he didn't know either, so. I 
I was looking at some online news for my area and you know one of the things I I talk about is the culture uh, society and cultural issues for West Virginia and the United States but there was a story and I saw it and it just blew my brains because it made a comment about if you have two kids two years apart and they cannot start public school until they're five you're looking at paying for seven years of very expensive child care not to mention the summers and breaks that feels impossible for many Americans with working parents <laughs> so if if the government can't have your kid by the age of five your state is a bad state to have kids in. That's what a study on the best and worst states to have a kid in says. And it's a wallet hub study. Now, I don't even, I've never heard of wallet hubs. I don't know. They may just be some fringe group of people, you know, drawing down government grants to pay salaries and stuff so that they can say, hey, you know, we're legit when they're not if you have two kids two years apart and they cannot start public school until they're five you're looking at paying for seven years of very expensive child care not to mention summers and breaks some guy named scuba skiuba s-c-i-u-b-b-a scuba said that feels impossible for many Americans with working parents okay then we've got this many Americans with working parents are they talking about the kids many Americans with working parents and are they saying that the kids are Americans and their parents are not who are these parents are they upper middle class upper, mid upper middle income are they upper income are they low income because the answers to that question would tell us a lot about this survey low-income families get substantial government financial assistance for child care I mean substantial now, I didn't have it for my kids um, I had a, a couple of different things going on with my kids my kids I was a stay-home mom for a long time until I got divorced and we started through the divorce process um, then I had to go get a legitimate job I mean he was paying he paid child support I have to admit he paid it like he was supposed to but um, that wasn't enough you know to keep the lights on I mean I had to I had to also work or I'd had to go on welfare well I wasn't about to go on welfare so I started working through temporary agencies and we've had that conversation before about um, one of the places I work the executive the director of the agency you know told me to my face I thought temporary agencies should be outlawed and but at any rate I started uh, working with temporary agencies and <clears throat> I had a combination of my my mom kept my kids for a while there was a daycare that kept my kids for a while and then my niece kept my kids for a while so I kind of rotated through until the kids got old enough to, to just stay home you know 
Um, and then, but they were going to school. I mean, my boys were, my boys were already in school when their dad and I started divorce process. And so, you know, it was after school, preschool on occasion and after school care is what they mostly needed. So I didn't, uh, I didn't file for any government assistance program, but my niece with her children, she did. She was a single mom from the get go. Um, the father of her first child, her daughter, spent a lot of time um, incarcerated, so there was no money coming in there. The father of her son committed suicide when the boy was about a year old or so, I think, maybe 18 months old. And the, the father had that, um, oh, is it schizophrenia? That's really bad. Um, it really gets worse when they start hitting puberty and stuff, so. Um, but she was on uh, government assistance with the kids, and she, she reached that spot where it was, um, if she earned more money, she would lose her child care benefits, so she had to ride this line of you know I do want to better myself but the the chunk that you would that the government would take back would cause me to be to have less money than um, what she had before so like let's say just for round numbers Let's say she made $100 and that kept her qualified for childcare. But if she made $120, she would lose her childcare, which then would cause her to have to pay for it, which do you expect? I mean, you know, I'm not saying you, she shouldn't have to pay for it, but what it would do, it would force her to live off of $75. So, she would actually go backwards. She would go in the hole drastically. So the incentive to do better was stripped away by the fact that she loses the childcare and she can't, she can no longer afford to feed her kids if she's having to pay for her childcare. But that wasn't a state issue though. Anyway, wait a minute. Let's see where it was. Oh, a link to the study was not provided. Okay, so I I saw this study online. It was on what it was one of the news stations that had linked to the study. Um, it wasn't an obvious link. I had to hunt around and find it because it wasn't colored, so you didn't know. I mean, it was black text, not underlined. It wasn't blue or anything, so you didn't know until you hovered the mouse over it when you found the link to the to the study but um, in order to determine the best and worst states to have a baby wallet hub compared 50 states in the District of Columbia across four key dimensions cost health care baby friendliness and family friendliness baby friendliness Baby friendliness. A percentage of residents who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19. 
So in this study, they got double the weight, approximately 4.38 points. So if your state had a, based on the percentage of residents who were fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Um, so these are the, these are the things that qualified as a baby friendly state. The percentage of residents who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Share of children with all seven recommended, recommended, Lord, it's late, I can't really talk, recommended vaccines. Rate of postpartum depression. Mom groups per capita. And then they had a, then they had a disclaimer, oops, they went back and fixed, um, on August the 8th at 8 p.m., we corrected the percentage of residents who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 metric, which changed the rankings. Instead of the smallest percentage awarding more points, the largest percentage now leads to a better score. So they didn't get the score they wanted, so they went back and changed it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. These are, these are some subjective metrics, I think. I mean, what... If I'm one of those parents who doesn't believe in the failed preventative treatment that might lead to cardiomyopathy, what happens? Does that make that means my state is not friendly to babies? Or if I don't believe in the broad vaccination program the government forces on infants and children? Now, in full disclosure, my kids had all their shots. They didn't have them exactly the day that the government wanted them to because my younger son was premature and was therefore um, physically, emotionally, and developmentally behind about 10 months or so, 18 if you count all these different hospitalizations and stuff. So when they said, oh, well, he's two years old, he has to have his shot. No, actually, he's not exactly two years old. He was born early, so he would only be chronologically 18 months old. And um, because each time he spent uh, each week he spent in the hospital, he fell further and further behind developmentally and, and, and everything. So now actually he's like a year old. So, oh no, you got to have a shot. I mean, I went rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds with the Board of Education nurses and stuff. I mean, it got ugly a couple of times. They threatened to put him out of school and I said, go ahead. His, stock, his pediatrician says he's not to have this shot yet. I don't care what you say. So, anyway. So, so if you have a substantial number of, of families in a state that feel that the uh, the big shot that leads to cardiomyopathy isn't for their kid, suddenly that state is not kid friendly. And and exactly how does postpartum depression figure in here? What what does the state do to cause postpartum depression? Are, are they trying to infer that postpartum depression is caused by environmental inputs and not chemical imbalance? Because the Mayo Clinic, the Mayo Clinic says, says there's no single cause of postpartum depression, but genetics, physical changes, and emotional issues may play a role. Genetics, postpartum depression physical changes, emotional issues, and the Office of Women's Health, which is a federal government, which I've never heard of before now, says hormonal changes may trigger symptoms of postpartum depression. New mothers may feel tired after labor and delivery, tired from a lack of sleep or broken sleep patterns, overwhelmed with a new baby. 
doubts about their ability to be a good mother, stress from changes in the work or home routines, an unrealistic need to be the perfect mom, grief about the loss of who they were before having a baby. They may feel less attractive or lack, have a lack of free time. These feelings are common among new mothers, but postpartum depression is a serious health condition and can be treated. Postpartum depression is not a regular or expected part of being a new mother. But somehow the study says that it's because of the state they live in, because you're not a baby-friendly state based on the percentage of women who have postpartum depression. Huh? Look, West Virginia is never going to be New York, Colorado, or California, thank God. Although there are some who try to pretend it will. But you, you can't blame the state for the medical condition brought on, brought on by the after effects of childbirth. I mean, yeah, because you know, in the state, the state, the condition of of the state that you live in will cause you to have hormone imbalances. Honest to Pete. Uh, since this is a post Thanksgiving episode, let me share this Thanksgiving related item. In a desperate bid to be relevant in all things. The West Virginia Explorer. West Virginia Explorer ties West Virginia to Thanksgiving Day celebrations. <laughs> because West Virginia has this complex. <laughs> they think they have to be, you know, every there's all these actors from West Virginia. There's all these football players from West Virginia. There's all these baseball players from West Virginia. Mother's Day came from West Virginia, and now, oh, we had a role to play in Thanksgiving Day, too. <laughs> that was not a very graceful transition, I have to admit. I'm tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a long day. Apparently, uh, former Governor Pierpont, and that's a long time back there, who's, who, <laughs> whose claim to the office was officially acknowledged and was recognized by the United States Authority as the Governor of Virginia found cause for thanksgiving by the people of his state, and especially that part of it which was about to become the state of Kanawha, or actually West Virginia, as the Constitutional Convention finally agreed it should be called. Is So, see, Pierpont was, was the governor before we were declared a state. It's basically that's what that is. And originally there was conversation about the state of West Virginia being named the state of Kanawha. But for whatever reason, they decided to call it West Virginia, which is okay. But Pierpont supposedly wrote, uh, in the midst of war and its afflictions, uh, Pierpont wrote Governor Pierpont in the first Thanksgiving proclamation ever issued in either Virginia or West Virginia, we are more forcibly reminded of our dependence upon divine providence. And while... In all we suffer, we should own his chastening hand. We should be ready to acknowledge that it is of his mercy that we are not destroyed and that so many of the blessings of life are preserved to us. Seed time and harvest have not failed. The early and the latter rains have fallen in their seasons, and the toil of the husbandman has been abundantly repaid. It is therefore becoming that... While we earnestly pray that the days of our affliction may be shortened, 
we should thankfully acknowledge the manifold mercies of which, nationally and individually, we are still the recipients. Now, therefore, I, Francis H. Pierpont, Governor of Virginia, do hereby recommend to the good people of the Commonwealth the observance of Thursday the 28th as a day of thanksgiving to Almighty God for the blessings of the year and of humble and fervent prayer that he will, in more abundant mercy, bring to a speedy and heart-burning and civil... I'm sorry, that he will, in more abundant mercy, bring to a speedy end the heart-burnings and civil strife which are now desolating our country and restore to our union its ancient foundations of brotherly love and just appreciation. And I do further recommend that all secular businesses and pursuits be, as far as possible, suspended on that day. In testimony whereas, I have hereunto set my hand and caused the great seal of the commonwealth to be affixed at the city of Wheeling, this fourteenth day of November in the year of our Lord, 1861, and of the commonwealth, the 86th Francis H. Pierpoint, by the governor, L.A. Hagins, secretary of the commonwealth. Man, oh man, they talked better back then. I mean, so much more formal. Can you imagine the current, oh God, the current governor of West Virginia even trying to read that? I mean, golly gee, baby dog. Oh, the governor we have in West Virginia right now just absolutely is like nails on a chalkboard for me. He does this hee-haw hillbilly hoo-haw talk like everybody that listens to him is an idiot that couldn't finish sixth grade but anyway yeah I am tired um, we had a really good Thanksgiving um, we didn't have a lot of people at one time my dad and and our friend John came up for dinner and then my niece and her kids came over for dessert later. Um, so, I mean, I've had more people in the house at one time, but it, it's just getting harder and harder because of my back to um, deal with two or three days worth of cooking and, you know, between the breads and the desserts and then the meal itself, it just, my back locks up, my muscles, you know, just... Um, tighten up so hard I can't hardly move and then of course it causes pain in the spine where I've got arthritis and it just wears me out and it's not a complaint it's just kind of a matter of fact um, and then so that was um, Thursday then Friday I kind of didn't do a whole lot I mean I was trying to catch up on a little bit of laundry and uh, was up updating some laptops remember I, I some of you will, may remember that uh, one of the laptops I had was just not doing very well for me and um, so Wayne told his dad my father-in-law gets laptops for us from the um, surplus property and then he upgrades them and stuff he does great work but the the last one that he gave me I, I spilled tea on one and just ruined it and then so he gave me another one I don't do that very often spill stuff on my computer equipment but um so he gave me another one and it just couldn't it just was 
killing me. It was just so slow and it just, it just wasn't up to the speed that I needed to do um, any YouTubes or any podcasts and just, I mean, it was fine for basic documents and a little bit of email and using Google and stuff, but it just couldn't do what I was demanding of it. So I sent up a couple other ones that were a little more powerful and I got one of them set up on Friday. I need to set the other one up and replace this one I'm sitting at now. The one I'm sitting at now is a all-in-one unit, an HP all-in-one uh, TouchSmart 9100 and it's like a gigantic tablet's all it is. I mean, but um, it's fair but it's almost full because it doesn't have much of a hard hard drive on it. And um, I need to take the other laptop and upgrade it. Well, I say upgrade. I don't mean upgrade. I mean, get installed everything I need on it. Um, and get it down here and get this one out of here. And then it's a deal, a matter of disposing of all this stuff. But anyway. Um, I got that done, and today I was scheduled to go to the church and help um, the woman who cleans because we needed to, <clears throat> the, one of the candles had um, spilled and got onto the um, cushion at the altar, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, so there was wax all over the cushion, and she's kind of challenged, so she she needs a lot of directions. She would have tore that cushion up, so... I was going to meet her over there. We were going to um, set up the Advent candles and, and get everything ready for the season. And when I called her, she told me that her father-in-law had passed away yet, uh, yesterday. He was expected to pass, but they didn't think he was going to go like right now. So it was kind of sudden. It was expected, but kind of sudden at the same time. <clears throat> I ended up having to do all that myself, vacuuming the sanctuary and dusting everything down and setting up the... Um, Advent wreath and the candles at the on the Lord's table and um, sitting out. We, I mean, back when I was a kid, they did the whole Christmas tree and Santa Claus and the whole thing in the sanctuary for Christmas. But we don't do that anymore, mostly because we don't think it's appropriate to do. <laughs> but um, um, I spent a lot of time over there. I had to set the ladder out, climb up, climb the ladder up, and change the clock. We've got a clock on the back wall and uh, that the pastor can see when he's um, doing the service. And so it hadn't been changed since the time, since daylight savings times ended. So to change it, and it was just a long, long morning. Probably about six hours I was over there <clears throat> and doing that. And um, I mostly got everything, I think. I can't think of anything that I missed, but... You know, there's always somebody that's going to say, oh, look, you didn't get that done. But that's okay. I don't answer to them in the long run. I answer to the Lord in the long run. But, uh, so I'm kind of dragging. Things didn't roll out the way they were supposed to. But that happens all the time. I mean, not very few days of mine go the way they're supposed to. But uh, Mr. Holstein did get the little red Fiat wheel bearing fixed. Ladies, all I can say to you is you need a man that can fix stuff or you need a man who makes enough money to pay for things to be fixed. Mr. Holstein has saved us a mountain of money by being able to repair things. And I mean all kinds of stuff, not just cars.
But then we, <laughs> the problem becomes when people know he's off work. He's, he's scheduled to be off work next week. And uh, um, <laughs> people find out that he's going to be off. And then they, they start saying, oh, we need you to help us with this. We need you to help us with that. And some of you might know the, the, the old saying, the cobbler's children have no shoes. Well, that's <laughs> kind of, <laughs> uh, I've got shoes. Trust me, I got shoes. But what we've got is we've got a couple investment properties that need a lot of attention. And, you know, he doesn't want to go into debt to do it, so he wants to, you know, do the work himself. Well, that's fine, but he's not doing the work because he's got everybody else pulling him in other directions. Uh, one of the investment prop properties has been over three years, and there's been no progress on repairs, so I can't go get a loan for it, but she doesn't want to do it anyway, and I, I understand. And I can't get a loan for it because my small business doesn't doesn't isn't stable enough to for the amount of the loan would have to be. Um, his employment does, and you know, but he doesn't want to do that. that and I, I get it. I get it. I'm not complaining about that. It's just a, a statement of now we're going to do one day at a time, sweet Jesus. There's a song about that, you know. I did get started a new batch of salad mix over in my little um, experimental sprouting stall. That first batch died from neglect. Oh, it was sad. I just I just got too busy to keep up with it. Um, but these this round of seeds sprouted nicely. Um, they're up a couple of inches. Um, I, I do have to keep keep on them this time though. But the the strawberry plants are still doing okay. The ferns are doing wonderful still. And um, I brought in some gooseberry slips. I don't know if they're making it or not, or if they're gone dormant, even with the under the lights. Um, they might be dead. I'll have to wait to see that in the spring, um, see if they come back around. I'd love for them to make it. I had quite a few, and they just didn't do well. There was like four that uh, made it through to... Um, early November and I brought them in and put them under those lights that I've got the grow lights that I've got to try to take care of them but they look dead so I don't know if they would have gone dormant anyway but yeah they're <laughs> we'll see <clears throat> well I mentioned before that this is the 12th episode of the Holstein House podcast uh, premiering on the Fountain episode jeez uh, oh, here I go Fountain Network I am so sorry, y'all. This is really a sad evening. I'm so tired. Um, episode 12. I'm actually tickled to death, but you can't tell it because I'm just all over the place. So if you found me on the Fountain Network, I hope you'll boost and clip, if there's anything worth clipping, and share it with all your friends and your and, and your followers, too. Uh, if I bring you some value, which even, you know, if it's, like I said before, if it's a little belly laugh or something or information that you didn't have I hope you'll give value in return so um, <laughs> just for your information y'all the movie Christmas at the Greenbrier in now most West Virginians celebrate the birth of Christ <laughs> and our governor doesn't pay his taxes fine or other business related dues so uh, Fox Nation has a uh, film called the
Christmas at the Greenbrier. I think there's another one. There might be another version of that out there somewhere, but I saw the advertisement on, on Fox News Channel. It's a Fox Nation's original film, Christmas at the Greenbrier. Features a widowed mother named Abby and a former professional football player. The two dated previously, but ended their relationship when Ben's football career got in the way. They unexpectedly reunite, reunite years later when visiting the Greenbrier around the holiday season, forcing the duo to figure out if it's true love is still a priority. Honestly, I bet you can't figure out what happens. But I'm going to tell you something. Greenbrier is expensive. It is out there crazy expensive. You don't, I mean, the Greenbrier, the basement of the Greenbrier used to have um, a bunker. And at the time that it was built, and it was a, it was a poorly kept secret. My grandfather knew it. I think he actually may have worked on it a little bit, but he knew about it because it, 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 there was a bunker built under the Greenbrier that the, that the president, and I think uh, the Supreme Court, the president of the Senate and the Speaker of the House, and maybe a handful of other congresspersons were to be evacuated to should there be a nuclear strike on um, the United States. Or it, it didn't have to be nuclear, I don't think, if it was an invasion of some sort and D.C. was about to fall. That's where they were supposed to go and stay. And uh, it's it's out in the open now. People talk about it all the time. I think they even give tours and stuff of, of the bunker under there, but um, it never was cheap to stay there. Never was cheap to stay there. And now Governor Justice owns it. I think he still owns it. But it's outrageously expensive. So let's see. Oh, uh, you know, I think it's day 17. I don't think it's day 16. I think it's, I'm doing the 21 days of Bitcoin. I think I put my date written down there wrong. I think. Yeah, it's day 17. But I haven't read it. I haven't read day 17 um, of the 21 days of Bitcoin. So, um, you know, so far my, my mind hasn't been changed on it. Um, day 16's email was titled Bitcoin is Freedom. Um, it's not, it, it isn't just another investment asset for some, for many people around the world. Bitcoin's just the thing they need in order to live free and fulfilling lives. Um, and they, they talked briefly about Venezuela, and I appreciated that. That that was a good um, um, contrast. Uh, they talked about that from in the three years from 2016 to 2019, inflation of Venezuela's Bolivar, their money, was like 54 million percent. And it, it made more sense to, to use the paper money for crafts like origami than to try to do anything else with it because it was just a nightmare. It says to, to buy a loaf of bread or a gallon of milk with cash, you'd have to roll uh, a wheelbarrow full of stacked bills to the grocery store. It's how bad it was. And then they talked about in uh, September of last year, El Salvador 
El Salvador becoming the first country to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. And it's, it's fascinating to me to, to, to read about that. But um, I had to, you know, I had my friend locked up. I just, boom, didn't, didn't succeed in my first face-to-face -face Bitcoin debate. Uh, I, I was teasing the husband and I said something about moving to El Salvador. And he came back with the Sam Bankman-Fried thing. Nobody knows how much money he had or how much he paid himself. And I mean, my brain just locked. I tried to rationally discuss what Bitcoin was and I just blew it because I had enough practice doing that. And um, so even though in my brain I, I get it, I can't, I can't, I can't express it yet. So, and even though I know that uh, about the blockchain, I couldn't, I couldn't explain it. And that Bitcoin's not, the when people talk about Bitcoin, they, they try to um, or they, what they do is they say Bitcoin generically, kind of like we say Band-Aid. You know, I'm gonna get, I need to get a Band-Aid for that. But then you go get the Walmart brand. So it's, you, you, so people will say Bitcoin when they mean other crypto. And I know all of that, but my brain just locked up. I just didn't, I just didn't do very well at discussing that. And I, I've got to do, I got to do a little better than that. So, hashtag 21 days of Bitcoin. <laughs> and you know what, Bob, sitting here, the Grinch that stole Christmas was on television. And honestly, I have the DVD of that I got it years ago. And I can watch it anytime I want without commercials. But, you know, there's just something nostalgic about watching it on television. My heart grows three times when I watch it on television. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It grew three times that day. This is going to be kind of short, I think. I don't think this one's going to go a whole hour today. I'm just tired. Look, it's the season of Advent. It's the season of Advent. And, and Advent means it comes from the Latin Adventus, meaning coming or visit. And so the Advent season begins four Sundays before Christmas and ends on Christmas Eve. Um, Advent is the beginning of the church year for Christians. During Advent, we prepare for or and, and anticipate the coming of Christ. We remember the longing of the Jews for a Messiah and our own longing for and longing need of forgiveness, salvation, and a new beginning. Even as we look back and celebrate the birth of Jesus in a humble stable in Bethlehem, we also look forward to anticipating the second coming of Christ as the fulfillment of all that was promised by his first coming. And okay, you, you know, you know, you may not believe in Christ. That's fine. You don't have to. I, there's no law in the United States that says you have to practice a certain religion. I believe in Christ. We have this conversation every time. I believe in Christ. I follow his teaching. I try to follow his teachings. Let me make that clear because I mess up sometimes. It's it's human nature. We all do. We all do. Even the Pope does. So, you know. But this is the new year for the Christian calendar. 
the next time Christ comes, it's not going to be as an infant with a, from a virgin birth. It's going to be as a conquering king. And this is this is my Christmas. This is this is part of my um, belief system. You know, I I get it that the observance of Christmas is not a dictate of Christ. He didn't tell us go out there and have a big party and anticipate my birth. And no, he didn't. This is a time of reflection that we have created within the Christian um, religion over the years. Um, Advent uh, kind of started, you can see um, little ripples of it about 400 AD and it progresses and grows and changes and um, originally it was from a period in November, uh, St. Martin's Feast I think is what it was, was it, I want to say November 11th but honestly that may just be because I that, Veterans Day is that day and I, it sticks in my brain but it's around that time through Epiphany which is January 6th and Epiphany is the period is is the um, point of um, revelation to the Gentiles and in in, in the case of the birth of Christ it's at the point where the Magi reach him and worship him and acknowledge him as the Son of God now, they're not Jews the Magi are not Jews so they're Gentile and they're worshiping the child probably an 18 month two-year-old child at that point really as the king as the Messiah and that's what Epiph Epiphany is um, so you see that kind of starting in the in the 400s it changes off and on here and there until um, after the Protestant Reformation in the what was it 1600s I think it was you see the, the all the different um, denominations of major denominations of Christianity kind of getting all their acts together in that we have a similar calendar which um, we begin the Advent season four Sundays before Christmas and then it it it, it falls funny sometimes on the print calendar because December 24th could fall on a Sunday and that could be the fourth Sunday so you have the last Sunday of Advent and the birth of Christ happening on the same day, which it's all, you know, it's all symbolic anyway, because it's not news to anybody that Christ wasn't born in the dead of winter. The sheep are not in the field in the dead of winter. Anyway, so um, Advent is a time of preparation. It's not really, it's not like it's not supposed to be a party it's not supposed to be a celebration it's a time of preparation of building up to the main event you know anticipating here it's coming here it's coming um, we reflect on some Old Testament we, we reflect on John the Baptist and then we reflect on the, um, the Christmas story from the point where Mary and Joseph 
find out that she's expecting to the point where they go to be taxed to the point where there's no room in the end and you know most people understand how it happens sorry about that about the microphone do I do Santa Claus man a little bit you know my sons I taught my sons that Santa Claus was similar to Disney characters like Snow White and um, Ninja Turtles and stuff I mean they had fun they believed for a little while in Ninja Turtles <laughs> but they also knew that they were cartoon characters and, and to me Santa Claus was too he was, was a cartoon character or a Disney character but the primary reason for Christmas was the birth of Christ I had a few Santa Claus um, decorations out and I still do a little bit that's not the primary reason um, that I celebrate Christmas and yes I know that you know December 25th and 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 the um, Druids and the and the Wiccans and all these other um, you know pagan religions and the Catholic Church drawing them in and celebrating and I, I know all of that I've read the books I get it uh, when you grow up you understand these things and you either accept them or you don't and I can't change what the Catholic Church did way back when and I'm okay with keeping the calendar the way it is I understand that it's not exactly that way I also understand that the earth is a lot older than what's it supposed to be like 6,000 years old or something like that I get it I get it I have my own understanding of how science and religion can can actually both be correct because a day to God can be a thousand years and a thousand years like a day we have no idea how he actually measures time yeah the night and the day the, the sunrise and the sunset were the first day well okay I don't know how long it took the sun <laughs> to set have we always been on the 365 and a quarter days you know from the beginning of, of the earth I don't, know. I don't know maybe there were periods of times that uh, that the earth didn't spin at the speed it does now I don't know and I mentioned I, you know when the kids were young I mentioned that there was really a Saint Nicholas in real life but he didn't have flying reindeer so I tried to let them have some Christmas fun while teaching them the real meaning of the season. I did, I did sign some gifts from Santa, you know, but they knew better. But it was still, it was fun. And I, I signed gifts to, to my husband from Santa. He knows better, but it's still fun. I signed gifts to my husband from the dogs and the cats. He knows better, but it's still fun. But I'm going to stop there. And I hope you have a great weekend and you know again I'm a follower of Christ technically I'm a member of the Methodist Church but I'm first a follower of Christ and when I discuss religion or, or my beliefs it's as a speaker I'm speaking as a follower of Christ and, and not as a Methodist Church member oh <clears throat> don't forget 
you're traveling through or to West Virginia along the turnpike, consider looking at the Holstein House, either at RobinHolstein.com or on Airbnb. If you decide to book and you mention that you heard it on the podcast, I'll come up with a way to add some value to your stay. Maybe some chocolates, some good chocolates. There's some good, there's Hall's chocolates. Oh my gosh, they're great. They're made in West Virginia. Or uh, some homemade cookies. Or, I don't know, sourdough bread, sourdough pancake. We'll figure out something. If you want to pay with Bitcoin, might give you a little discount to do that. So we'll wrap for episode 12 of the Hosting House podcast. Um, now, twice the Holstein House podcast has been on the top 50 of the Fountain FM network. Uh, the first time was on November the, 7th, November the 18th when I reached number 46. And then again last week, November 24th, when I was number 47th. Tickled me plum to death, y'all. I love you for helping me achieve that. It may only last a day or a few hours. I don't know. I know that when I looked, uh, it was there. I don't know how long it had been there. So I don't know how often that ranking changes. But um, oh, before I go, let me share my my supporters. Euphrosinos, a total of seven thousand six hundred ninety-five sats. Yeah! <laughs> episode 11 um, it was broken up into a couple of comments related to Bitcoin and drag queens um, and then you know you guys that come up with these really weird names and then I have to try to pronounce them I think this one is diesel ragey it's d-i-z-e-l r-a-i-g-i boosted 95 sats for episode 10. And thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So, your continued patience while I stumble through, and especially today, oh gosh, if I have to say I'm tired one more time, but you know, I've already said it, and it's so true. We premiered on the Fountain Network. If you found me on Fountain, I hope you'll boost, clip, and share with all your friends and followers. And if I bring you value, I hope you'll give me value. I hope you had an awesome Thanksgiving. Awesome Thanksgiving. And if you're traveling, be safe. You know, wear your seatbelts. Yeah, I know, you know, the law says, but look, it's just smart. It's just a smart thing to do. Wear your seatbelts because you should, not because they make you. And there's people out there that love you, and they don't want you to be, like, thrown through the windshield or something. So, take care. Um, hopefully, we'll get back on a regular routine next week. Uh, normally, this would have went out on Thursday, and uh, I didn't get to it. Thursday's just too much going on. <laughs> so, take care, and we will see you again really soon. So, there you have it. Post your comments, do all that boosting, liking, sharing, thumbs up, and stuff that helps spread the word and poke the algorithms. Follow me on most of the big social media platforms and look for my name, Robin Holstein, or Holstein House. Till next time, bye-bye.